0: Welcome to Cloudlandia.
1: This meeting is being recorded by the organizer.
0: Oh, mm, That's
2: reassuring. Yes, and, and I'm talking to the someone who's connected to the organizer. I don't know whether <laughs> you are actually the organizer, but uh, that's right. Uh, you right. You you know people. You know people, and you know you know who's who are organizers. Uh, I cause things to be organized. That's right. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah.
0: Well, welcome back.
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it uh, was a worthwhile trip. I'll tell you that. I want to hear. Uh, yeah, want to hear all about it. So, well, um, you know, it was five days. You know how Peter packs things in, so yes. it was uh, packed in. Uh, mo- you know, morning to evening. Peter Diamandis, Stabs, and I. Where start? Uh, we started in Boston, so mm-hmm. flew to Boston. Travel tax for that day was eight hours uh, yes. from leaving our house to getting to the hotel. It was eight uh, was eight hours, and and then you know started the next morning and went through. What was it? It was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and whole day each of the days. And I sent Peter a email afterwards. And I said the best five-day intense learning experience of my life. Wow. That's something. Point point number one. Point number two, totally transformed and redirected my notion of where the world's going for the next 50 years. So, Mm -hmm. number two. And Peter was in his sweet spot as a integrator and as a contextualizer. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that... That was my email term, you know, not, not, not real wordy, not effusive. <laughs> yes. Right, right, right. But no, it was terrific.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, that is, that's something.
2: Yeah. And what, you know, the, uh, the, the two, probably the two concepts that, you know, all those responding to surveys over the years have said had the most impact them long range or the Gap in the Game, which will be a Hay House book in October, but the mm-hmm. number one is the Lifetime Extender, Lifetime Extender. Yeah, right. Considered. And, you know, generally, starting in the 1990s, its value was as a thinking tool, you know, that this mm-hmm. was a good way to think about your future and to, and, but after these five days, I'd have to say... That probably within let's put it in my age. I'm 77, and by the time I'm 85, that will be the last year that I age physically. After that, I will sort of hover
1: mm-hmm. at
2: 85, and then I'll start moving backwards. And so I have enormous amounts of confidence that uh, yeah. things that were presented at the conference that that. By the time I'm hundred, I will be able to move my physical age back to fifty. Wow, that is so
0: encouraging. That's great news, isn't it? So yeah, what I'm I'm excited to hear do you want to share some of the, the
2: Yeah, insights I will. I will. Insights to to do, take with you? Uh, yeah. First of all, Peter is putting together a video, a three minute summary on the part of each of the speakers, and there were about twenty five. So it'll be about a seventy five minute and probably longer than it would probably be two uh two hours 'cause Peter will yeah. do the segues, you know, he'll do the yes. background and introductions the segues. And, yeah, and, and we started off with David Sinclair, you know, who I is at Harvard and his whole point is that he's discovered kind of the you know, the inner workings and the triggers. That can actually reverse aging very significantly and uh, claims for himself that he at fifty two has probably reversed ten years in the last ten years you know and he looks good I mean he looks good uh, terrific you know he doesn't look fifty two and and you know he and he's got companies you know around this. So these yeah. are scientists, they're all scientists and the vast majority of them were Boston area Boston area scientists and and Boston's real hotbed for this and I'll just mention three things that I think have to be true for some place to be a hotbed in this life extension age reversal movement <clears throat> you know and then yeah, and then we had person after person, probably, probably I'm talking about thirty, probably thirty. But on Friday, Friday afternoon, we went up to Dean Kamen's factory complex in Manchester, yeah. Hampshire. Had
0: you been before?
2: No, never. First time I'd ever been there yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, and interestingly enough, it was just the architecture because all the yeah buildings that he's using were built in the 1870s to 1880s and manchester was the number one textile manufacturing center in the world manchester uh manchester, new hampshire new, yeah. hampshire new hampshire and it's all right on a river and they have they made use of water wheels um, you know in the first place and then steam power and you know moved down to electricity and everything else, but it all closed down probably in the late 20s, 1920s, 1930s, and all Mm -hmm. that industry moved to the South, moved to the Carolinas and to Georgia. Mm -hmm. And these buildings just sat empty. They just sat Mm -hmm. empty for, you know, 90, I won't say 90 years, but 80 years anyway. And then Dean Kamen, who is, well, you know, he's not a scientist, but he's a marvelous inventor and Uh he's marvelous at manufacturing his inventions so one of he's famous for his at-home dialysis machine uh, Uh which he has sold a million of produced and sold a million of them and uh, that's a big deal and lots and lots of other things you know and everything he's an inventor 80 90 patents or something like that and anyway but his big push now right now is health and medical breakthroughs and he showed us a machine so imagine in strategic coach two of our workshop tables and end okay just you know kind of in your imagination but those mm-hmm. two and he's got a machine it's a seven-stage machine all connected together electronically. And he just got clearance from all regulatory bodies in the U.S. government that in January, a baby is born, analyzed within the first six months, of having a deficient heart. And won't live, you know, well, probably won't live for more than a few years, Might not certainly won't make it past 10 years old. So you can can take cells out of the baby's heart, put it in one end of the machine, and at the other end of the machine, 45 days later, is a brand new, completely identical heart, but unbelievable, totally healthy, healthy, and you just do an operation, take the one heart out. It's the baby's DNA, so there's no rejection um, on the part of the body. Well, that's Really interesting. That's one machine, but within 18 months, you'll have warehouses with shelves filled with a machine that's not eight feet long, but a machine that's 18 inches long, about you know maybe 15 inches high, and each of them will be pumping out a custom-designed heart for for a baby. And he says we'll have four or five hundred of them in a room. And they're on forty five day cycle. Do one in forty five days, then they'll be able to do five hundred in forty five days, you know. Anywhere wow, wow. You know, anywhere in the world, yeah. You know. And then he's do, he's already doing bone, he's doing cartilage, he's doing skin for the Department of Defense, you know, because of battlefield injuries and you know, that yeah. And, yeah. and move on to kidneys and livers and so on. And what he's doing is he's got these 10 buildings, and you have to picture them, because the smallest is 50,000 square feet. The biggest one's about 100,000 square feet. Wow, these okay. are really that's crazy. These are wow. really, really yeah. big buildings. And he bought yeah. them, he yeah. bought the first one from someone who owned it, and he bought the next nine from Warren Buffett. Uh, Warren Buffett owned them. And Yeah. And so he bought one and fixed it up and then tried to buy the second, but uh, he had fixed up the first so well that the price went up of the second one because, you know, everybody saw what could be right. Yeah. So he said, but he was talking to a broker, you know, and he said, well, I want to talk to the owner. And he said, "Okay, I'll give you his name and address. And it was Warren Buffett. So he called Warren Buffett and he said, I, I want to buy, I want to buy, actually buy 10 more. He said, I want, I want to buy 10 more of your buildings, but, but, and this is what I'm going to do with the Manchester, New Hampshire is going to become the center of regenerative medicine on the planet. And I, I need the 10 buildings and I will buy them over the next 10 years completely And, but I want them at last year's price Mm. and Warren Buffett said, well, let me think about it. So he called him back and he says, yeah, you can have, you do a deal. And Dean came and said, well, I don't know about that. Why not? And he says, well, well, you're considered the smartest investor in the world and you seem happy with the deal, so one of us is a sucker.
0: Ah, that's so funny.
2: <laughs> no, Warren Buffett said we figured we just had a big ice cube on our hands that would melt <clears throat> if we didn't sell it to you, so it would have no value over the next ten years if it wasn't in your hands, so we'll go ahead and all oh, right
0: it. right, yeah that's interesting. I know a guy yeah who owned mm-hmm. in Chicago a bunch of those old brick warehouse. Like that was the style they would do, the like brick kind of uh, big buildings.
2: Yeah, well, they, la- and he they had- last forever, and they're beautiful. Yeah, you know, beautiful. they're beautiful buildings, you know.
0: But he had refrigerated warehouses that he has to keep them plugged in. If he unplugged it, the building would melt, literally. And that's what was so uh, funny when you said that about Warren this guy's buildings in chicago that's the <laughs> it's kind of a thing that he's got to keep uh, it costs him a lot to keep the buildings because they have to stay refrigerated <laughs> so funny
2: so i want to tell you why i think this is a big deal and um, not just for the things we well aside saw, from
0: being 50 when you're 100
2: well, that's a, that's a good deal, you know. That's a good yeah. deal, and I I feel very confident, you know. I, hey, as confident as you can be with a guess right. and a pet. you know. And and but Boston seems uniquely. First of all, I think there's going to be centers all over the United States, but I think Boston's going to be the hotspot, and it's the sheer density of population. First of all, it's, mm-hmm. You know, Boston's. You know, it's it's a it's a quite a small city. You know, Boston is not a really big city, and but they, in sheer com, what I would say, density, top-notch scientific labs and clinics. It's probably the, yeah. the most dense, the dense area of the world. You know, there's probably yeah.
0: Well, there's they're more between Silicon Valley and 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 Cambridge, isn't that where there's more. Patents per yeah. square mile than anywhere else in the, in the world. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And That's you have all the all patents the inter- come yeah. from. Yeah. Yeah. And the universities, you know, I mean, the, the mm. most famous are, you know, Harvard. And then you have, you know, you have MIT and you have Tufts and you have Boston College. But they go on and on and on. There's smaller colleges and universities, but they're, they're all... Into science and medicine is the um, medicine is a big thing and they talk to each other. So you know, Keegan Caldwell, who just joined Coach, he's the IP lawyer who just joined the Free Zone, I think. Mm-hmm. In, uh, I know. You know you. Yep. In mm-hmm. the fall. So Keegan, when we got to the hotel, we gave Keegan a call, he had asked us if we wanted to have lunch. And uh, you know, it was a short walk. It was about twenty minutes to his. To his building, and uh, he took us out for lunch. And he said that you know he had started off. I think in California he had started off in San Francisco. But he says, you know, he says for what I want to do with my my IP firm, he says Boston is much better, much better for us because he said everybody's within about five miles. He said everybody you'd want to talk to is within five mm-hmm. miles. And then he says, and of course. We have the added benefit of Zoom now. And
0: uh, Is he from there or did he move there for that purpose?
2: No, he's from Michigan. He's uh from Michigan
0: okay. originally. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. But he's been, you know, he's had a life out past that. He was in the Marine Corps and mm-hmm. you know, he was in Desert Storm and you know, he was you know, he was um, a Marine and he was in you know, he was in front line battle and got out and, you know, and then went and got himself a law degree and then went into intellectual property law. And, you know, and that's where he is right now. But this, we met with Keegan before any of the five days. So we got in on a Tuesday afternoon and we just went, we spent a couple hours with him and then settled into the hotel where they... It was a Four Seasons, a new Four Seasons in Boston, mm-hmm. so that's where. And then we spent our time until we, went to Ding Caymans. But he's got all that that space there, so other companies can just rent space from him. You know, they'll, they okay. can set up labs there, and he's got first-class uh, manufacturing capability there. Anything that yeah. somebody wants to manufacture, he can set up the. You know, he can set up the factory for them, the assembly line. The, you know, none of this stuff matters unless you can scale it. Uh, you know, you got a vision, but you got to have capability and reach. That's
0: what I wonder. So he's really got this whole—he's yeah. building a capability farm there, where you can come and be on the in that world with all those capabilities yeah.
2: available. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, when we went there on Friday. Friday night, and then we went to his home. He's got a, you know, a suitably, su- suitably luxurious home outside on, of Manchester, where, where you know, we went over for dinner and drinks, and and anyway, on his island, uh, the island house. No, it's not, not. I mean, I'm sure he's got more than one house. He does no, have an island, so, a castle on an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he okay. does. And uh, anyway, it, it, I talked to Peter. Peter on the way back. I, well, the next morning, I talked to Peter, and I said, you know, all the speakers that we saw on Wednesday, all day Thursday and fr- Friday until noon, you know, probably 15, I said, they all have to go to Dean to get their idea out to the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He's kind of like Henry Ford, you know, I mean, uh, in, you know, relationship to the times, he, he's kind of, yeah. he's figured out. And, you know, and I said, you know, I was saw about three scientists there. I said, you know, the, the person who is speaking could win the Nobel Prize for what he's doing, and uh, yeah. and, and with one exception, that was all he's. And and anyway, he and I said, you can win the Nobel Prize without having a paying customer. You know.
1: Mm, right.
2: Yeah. Great idea. Wonderful. You know, and it has huge impact on other scientists, but it doesn't actually produce a practical solution that you can buy at Walgreens.
0: Right. That takes an entrepreneur. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You got
2: to scale, scale it and get it out there. You, know, you got to manufacture yeah. it and get it out yeah, there. That's ready. really what
0: Dean, that's really what Dean has done is what he's probably been the best entrepreneur of inventing, you know, oh, yeah. that's, yeah,
2: yeah. actually yeah, I mean, driving things to market that
0: changed people's lives. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Manufacturing is really the key skill. So uh, anyway, and then we went back and we had, you know, oh, I, I just want to tell you a, a neat little thing that happened on Saturday morning, because our trip out to Dean was the end of the Boston trip. So when we got back that night, we slept in, got up the next morning, then we went straight to the airport, and we flew to Morristown, New Jersey, you know, 25 miles to the west of New York City. And mm-hmm. and, um, and you had your choice in flying. They had a you know they had a big private you know airline sized jet for most of the people, or you could choose to be sets of four passengers each on three little jets. And the jet was. The jets are amazing. I don't know if you've read up on them or actually had the experience. They're called. they the airline is called VeraJet. V E R I J E T, and it's an Uber. You know, it's kind of. Like, it works kind of like Uber, mm-hmm. and and the jet is made by a company called Cirrus, yeah. And yeah. who have a prop Who have had a prop plane out there for about ten years. But this is a little uh-huh. jet, and they've modified a cruise missile. The jet the jet motor that's you know one of the cruise missiles tomahawk or awesome. anything so it's it's quite a small jet and it sits right yeah. on the top at the top on at the back so the the plane is very very stylish i mean it's yeah. you know it's it's a very stylish plane so it can carry five pa- a pilot and five passengers but we we just did four and so the pilot came out and he introduced us for 20 years. He was a captain on West yeah, Southwest Southwest mm-hmm. Airlines. And then before that, he was a um, fighter pilot in the Air Force, I think. And so he's about 60 and um, 65 probably. And he said, okay, he says, folks, he said, it's going to take us about an hour to get from here to Morristown. So it's about 300 you know, three hundred miles. And and he says, and that's take off to you know, take off to landing, would be about three hundred. We have to go a little bit out of our way because there's storms in between, so we'll just do a circle around the storms. Now he says, I just want to tell you something different about this jet. And he says, see this lever here? He says, We're if we're up there and we have any kind of mechanical problems, so I just pulled this lever and a cargo chute comes out, and the parachute takes us, right, he said. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have ways of guiding it the last few, you know, few, few the distance so we don't land, you know, on top of somebody's house or anything else. So
1: right, said, yeah.
2: So, yeah, so we do it. But he said, here's another thing. If I whack out and you can't uh, wake me up, just press this button, and air traffic yeah. control will take over the Auto plane. Pilot. and autopilot will land the plane. And and then we were off and very fast takeoff. I don't know if I've been in a plane where you got off the ground so fast and very okay. smooth bike. We flew it around, you know, thirty thousand feet. And one of the other participants at the conference sat in the seat next to the pilot. So the plane will actually take five passengers, but there's a but it only requires one pilot because of right. the
0: parachute,
2: parachute and the autopilot. Yeah. So we put had headphones on and they had a conversation all during the flight. And this passenger or the participant who was sitting just asked question after question after question. So it was really uh, informative. But yeah. the neat thing about it is you buy 100 hours. Basically, I mean, you can buy the jet if you want, but you know, from the manufacturer, but let's say you buy a hundred hours, it's a kind of like a 500 mile flight plane, you know, it, yeah, right. it works best if the trip is like 500 miles. Yeah. And uh, so it'd be perfect for Babs and me from Toronto to, to Chicago.
0: Chicago. That's so, what I was asking. Yeah. I wondered if you'd ever consider yeah. anything like that.
2: And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, well, we're, we're in, we're in the process of considering the other The other thing about it is they don't charge you for getting to you. they only charge you for your use of the the plane you know they don't
1: mm-hmm. if they
2: have to fly a thousand miles to get to you, you don't pay for that okay mm-hmm. and the reason is um they're just going to be really successful, and there's going to be you know their goal is to have two hundred planes in right. the um, mainland United States, so there's always a plane you know, uh, within a short distance from you. Yes. They can land and take off at 5,400 American airports. Yes. So, you know, like Celebration probably has a, you know. Well, if I say to you, Dan,
0: there's 11, yeah, there's 11 minutes from my house is Bartow Airport. That's where, Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. And you just drive into the signature, whatever they call the... You yeah. know, the, the, the service for private, mm-hmm. private, and somebody meets you, walks you out to the plane, you're in the air, and at the other end, the same thing happens. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, but we were figuring out with four on the plane, the cost to us, you know, and when we go to Chicago, it's because there's workshops and there's team members from Toronto that go down too, and mm-hmm. we could do four for the same price as business class for the two of us and you could do it from the island. I mean that's that remains to be seen. That remains to be seen, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know because they stopped well, here's here's the thing. They stopped it because they went, you know, the people down there who live around there. You know, they they stopped it because it was going to be jets, which everybody knew were really loud. By the way, not everybody knows. As a matter of fact, those who know know that there are jets that are a lot uh, quieter than the yes. And the other thing, it would require extending the runway further into the into oh, the, I gotcha. harbor. Harbor, and they stopped it on that basis because it requires, you know, it requires the it requires the funding of the feds, the province, and the city. It requires the permission of the Province and the city, and they stopped it. But this plane will take off faster than any of the prop planes. I was just going to say, Dan, if they
0: can land those Porter planes on the island, oh yeah, surely they can take the serious. Yeah.
2: yeah, they. W- th- this one would need probably about half the space taking off and half the half yeah. the length taking off and half. So anyway, the the other thing is that he's joining strategic coach. So he's gonna start the program, the owner. Uh, oh wow, uh, that's great. Who I talk and what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna create a special Zoom workshop and have him talk through. I I bet it, I bet there's five hundred of our entrepreneurs around the States that would love to have this. I bet
0: you're right. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And he said, Well, that's... we'll work out a deal. And, I, I, he said, we'll work out a deal. And I said, oh, no, no, no deal. They're your clients. They're your money. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, he says, wow, wow. I mean, why? I said, well, okay, let me ask you a question. Does that work for you? He says, yeah. I said, would there any... Let me re- ask you a question. Re- re- Does that work with- for you? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Would there any... There- <laughs> Would there be any reason in the future why you would just want to stop the deal? And he says, None that I can think of. I said, It's a good deal. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> That's great, Dan. Yeah, I love it. Well, so,
2: yeah. So, just relation, you know, to my goals, you know, and that, why we went to Morristown, New Jersey, was Bob Herrera, who I think you've come across in you know, the A360, Bob Herrera is a cell expert, you know, he's a surgeon mm-hmm. and everything. And what they do is that they obtain placentas after live births, you know, when, you know, when a mother's had a, a yeah. birth, get the placenta and they have an agreement with it. You can't buy it. You can't buy and sell placentas, but you can have an agreement whereby they will get the placenta. And they, and he, what he says is, you have to think of the placenta as, as crude oil. He says, think, mm-hmm. think what crude oil is. And people say, well, yeah, yeah, you know, you use energy. And he said, well, energy is one of 10,000 uses that comes out of um, crude oil. He says, actually, all petroleum products, oil, or all fossil fuel products, coal, oil, and and gas and natural gas, all of their entire use only represents twenty percent on energy. The other eighty percent goes into other products. Okay, so mm-hmm. what he does, he gets the placenta and the whole point is that they will create medicines and they will create a uh, placenta in storage for the family, for the mother, and for the children. That anytime they need. Anything from the placenta of the child is mm-hmm. in cryogenics. So they get lifetime value of the placenta, which otherwise would be thrown away, you know, in in, in the hospital.
0: Yeah, that's a whole, you know, this is interesting. The nine, this is the nine year anniversary of the year I did the first breakthrough blueprint and at the very first breakthrough blueprint, there was a, a lady who is it's called cord blood, right? Cord, uh, Mm -hmm. don't blood. And that's a thing where they get it. She was in the, she was kind of organizing the data of the industry Mm -hmm. because it was an emerging sort of industry Mm -hmm. that was getting, you know, venture funding. And she, I encourage her to create the, you know, the association of these or organize these, uh, Places because nobody mm-hmm. was doing it yet, and she had yeah. the kind of first opportunity to to do that. And now it's standard standard practice for for yeah, it's mainstream to collect yeah. and store because that business of that is setting up all these you know frozen storage facilities where you mm. they store mm-hmm. it for twenty years and charge an annual fee for. For storage, and if any you or anyone in your immediate family has your DNA or whatever has a thing that would be useful, it's it's there. Stem cells, very yeah. Yeah,
2: amazing. well, Babs and I, for the two years before COVID, had gone to Salt Lake City to you know to or um, have stem uh, stem stem cell, and you know, but the cord blood is you know it's great you know and it get out there but the placenta is yeah like a ma- magnitude higher because what they do is they actually decell the the placenta so it goes right back to basically the original organizing cell that creates everything else so the placenta mm-hmm. is the manufacturing system in the body that produces a baby, you know, it's actually the, yeah. And it's the first thing that grows. So a woman, when she gets pregnant, she actually grows the complete, complete placenta before the fetus starts to grow. Okay. And it's what protects the, it actually protects the uh, baby from anything that's wrong with the mother, you know, like, yeah. uh, I mean, it's that, it's that powerful. So once they get it back to the de-celled stage, they can turn the organizing cells, the very first cells of so the placenta, into any other kind of cells in the body. So you know, any other, any any other organ, any other cell. So that's what that's what they're doing, and they've got yeah. the, we were in a room where they had, I would say, they had twenty ki- ki- big cryogenic vats, and in each of them they had five thousand fundamental cells from placenta. Wow. 5,000 yeah. Times so, so there was there was fifteen thousand, you know, placentas and, and these were, you know, anytime the parents wanted them and. And if you gave your placenta, and that's the only way that they could do it, yeah. um no, there's no charge for this. There's no charge for this. So mm-hmm. so the parents get a lifetime supply of you know, cells and everything else. And oh, wow. you know, and you know and what's interesting, Dean, is we saw thirty of probably two thousand advanced scientific breakthroughs, and they're all in stages one, two, three, FDA and other regulatory bodies. And the reason why they're all, you know, there, it's like, you know, it's like miles and miles and miles of farmland and everything, the plants are just poking up through the soil. And you said, well, what were they doing? Why are they so late? And uh, it has to do with artificial intelligence. And he said uh, it had to do with a breakthrough about three or four years ago. This is Peter talking
1: where um,
2: you could do 10,000 lab tests in the same time period as it would take manually to do one. Wow. So. And then you have uh, virtual conferencing. And so what you realize COVID probably sped up this entire industry from one end of it to the other time, you know, five years, maybe.
0: Wow. That's really something. I mean, I was just, you know, this technology, like uh, that's, what's so great is the speed of stuff. Like I was talking um, with Luba yesterday. Last week, about she's got this new, she's trying this new AI service that writes content, blog posts, things like that. Then there's actually a documentary series that we watched just last night called "The History of Words," and it goes all the way back to the very beginning where symbols became how how the alphabet was formed Mm -hmm. and. Oh, how that evolution of the alphabet to the Roman, to the Roman alphabet, which is the one Mm -hmm. we use now, basically. And, and then on to Gutenberg. So it was two parts. It was a BBC series from Mm -hmm. 2020. And it was, it was really fascinating to see the first part got you to the alphabet, the second and the scribe whole. The scribe industry, they called it, where it was really everything was handwritten, you know, and Mm -hmm. the and then to Gutenberg and how that changed everything that Gutenberg, the goal was to duplicate what the scribes were doing, like the features of what would get you a five star rating as a scribe would be, Mm -hmm. you know, perfectly formed letters, uniform ink spacing, alignment, all the stuff that would visually make this work. So you could do that flawlessly with the things. And then they would still, yeah, and then with removable type, and then they would still adorn the pages with artwork and illustrations and things Hmm. in color. And that for the first little while, some of the libraries that were, Sock of things had them cataloged as scribed as as what would they call them manuscripts I guess right whatever they were illuminated
2: uh, illuminated I think uh, when yeah, they yeah. added the pictures right. they were called illuminated yeah. manuscripts yeah
0: yes and so they didn't yeah. have them they didn't even know that they were printed you know like uh, from a yeah. printing press. And so that was an interesting development, you know, and why yeah. Arabic and other languages didn't take off with the movable type because of the... They missed,
2: they missed the... There's cup. no
0: structure. Yeah, they missed the...
2: Yeah, they missed no the... No structure. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's one of the real prime, prime, you know, it's one of the real problems of the um, Asian, the Southeast Asians, yes. Japanese... Uh, Chinese, especially, you know, I mean, their 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 biggest obstacle is their, you know, is their language. You know, I mean, that's, you know, to be really literate in the way that you and I were probably at seven years old, mm. probably takes probably takes decades for someone. Because once you get the twenty-six letters down and some basic grammar rules, you know, you're away to the races. You know, yourself. Well,
0: what amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's been amazing to see, Dan, is the, you and I have seen, like, even in my lifetime, it was, you know, manual typewriters were the way Mm -hmm. of getting things, and then you had to create photocopies, which was just kind of becoming new in my lifetime, Mm -hmm. and that evolved to then the word process. I remember still when I was learning to type, you still had to have liquid paper to correct your mistakes, you know? And I remember in design things, uh, you probably in the ad days were very familiar and used to let set being the way to lay modern peel and stick, you know, yeah. Plate layout. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, and now
0: here really, we are—that it's all. Now yeah, here we it, are. AI can create it, it all. It for kind
2: of—it uh, takes a while for people to kind of like get it. You know what? You know that. You know what's been created. I, I think it probably takes you know thirty, forty years before people really kind of get what this is all about. You know, and mm-hmm. and uh, there's a story told about Gutenberg, and there's not that much known about it. So I suspect this is an invented story. But one of his first customers was a bishop in so you know, Germany. So Gutenberg was in Germany. Mm-hmm. And this man had great sermons, um, and he had them written down, so he gave about you know, he gave about thirty of his sermons to Gutenberg and he says, mm-hmm. Why don't we turn this into, you know, a typed book, so he did, and Gutenberg uh, ran off about a hundred of them, and he did it, you know, it wasn't good. he wasn't going to get any money for this, but he would get a good center of influence, you know, because, you know, the bishop knew a lot of people, and, you know, he was, you know, it was someone really to have out there, you know, being a good influence on you, so he sent, you know, he printed off the hundred, had them shipped over. And then he waited, and uh, it didn't take long to read the book, um, so he waited a few days. Then he waited a week, and then four weeks, and it was now two months, and he hadn't heard a single thing back from the bishops, you know, where the bishop lived. And so he made <laughs> polite inquiries. He made polite inquiries, finally got one of the bishop's assistants, and he says, Does the bishop not like, not like the book? And he said, "Oh no, he he loves it. He thinks it's wonderful, but he hasn't proofread all of them yet." Uh, exactly, I remember hearing that. That's so great. <laughs> He's not done proofreading them yet.
0: Oh my goodness! That's so he so hasn't good. gotten,
2: you know, and he hasn't gotten it. And I think there's a lot of people with the Cloudlandia haven't gotten it yet. You know, in other words, say, yeah, it was a great fill-in while they couldn't travel. You know, and you know, and they can travel. Well, they're certainly not going to do it in Cloudlandia. They're going to go back and travel because they haven't gotten it yet. They haven't really gotten it, right? Yes. And I kept track of all the travel tax during all my time. Right. The trip, and first of all, the trip to Boston. Leaving the house, getting the hotel eight hours of travel tax, okay mm-hmm. uh, now what would that be had-
0: serious wise if you if if is there a closer airport than the island to you?
2: no 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 so it's- the
0: island would be the one. let's say that it was the island, what would you estimate that whole experience would be
2: well, if, you know if the flight time would be the well, wow. let's say we left here.
0: You, yeah, you leave but, whenever you uh, want.
2: The time of the morning, it would take us 15 minutes to get to Billy Bishop. Then you have to, you know, they can't drive into Billy Bishop. You have, They let you out right. and you have to go through a tunnel. But on the other right. side, we would just go to the personal travel. You know, we just, yeah, let's say from the time we left the house until we met the person who's going to put us on the plane. I, I'd say maybe it's 40 minutes. Okay. okay. And then we're in the plane and we're off and then it's flight time would be, yeah, it'd be an hour. And the other end, you get off and there you just they just walk you through the terminal and your limo is right there. So right. let's say total um, three hours, Yeah, uh, three, three hours, in, three, three hours instead of eight hours. And we came yeah. back from New York on Monday and it was get up at the hotel, go to LaGuardia, wait around. And eight hours, you know, back so sixteen right off, and then we had the three hours of, you know, we had the three hours of Verajud, so we were at nineteen hours, and then the trip up to Dean Caymans was an hour and a half by car, an hour and a half back, that was three hours, so we were at twenty-two hours, and then we had from Morristown. When we got to Morristown, we had to come into New York. That was an hour. That was. You know, yeah, twenty-three hours. I, I would say all told, about twenty-four hours of travel checks. You know, yeah. And, mm-hmm. But if I had done the whole thing on Zoom, that you know, it, w- it would just be the time of the talks.
0: Right. Yes. And that's, I think, when you really get to the bottom of things, that the actual consumption of the information is much more efficient. But you probably. The bonding and, and the between you know, to experience being yeah. at Peter's uh, well, or being at the uh, factory. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. And I'm being fair to the experience. You know, I don't want yeah. to, you know, and I would say that my, because I spent an hour talking to the guy who owns this airline. You yeah, know, and and he was really hot to trot, and you know, and Peter's invested in his company, and Peter, you know, Peter is going to buy one of these planes, and he's mm-hmm. invested in that, thing that would not have happened over Zoom, you know.
0: Right, and that's what I mean, the bondings.
2: Yeah, and yeah. I would say probably I'll have maybe five participants who were there. Who over the next six months will come in to coach, and it wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. if I hadn't been there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And one of the scientists sat with me at dinner one night. And he's a kidney specialist, and we had a great time. And he said, "And he says, he says, I'm feeling kind of anxious. Really funny. This guy could be a stand-up uh, comedian, but he's a, he's a." kind of a jazz keyboard artist when he isn't in the lab. And he's good friends with Johnny Depp. So he and Johnny Depp just created a album together. Oh, wow. uh, Anyway, so he's that good. You know, I mean, he's that good as a keyboard, but, you know, very passionate. But he's very funny. He's got just a superb sense of humor. But he's got benchmarks for evaluating 80-year-olds, and he's got eight benchmarks. And he says, I can't crack this book. He says, uh, you know, he says, it's just, he says talking about, you know, scientific breakthroughs. He says, I've written three books, but here I have to talk about, you know, what the benchmarks. And I, I said, oh, that's an easy book. He said, it is. I said, I I said, you don't talk about bad 80 year olds. You just find 80 year olds with great kidneys, 80 year olds with great liver, 80 year olds with great lungs, 80 year olds with great hearts. And I said, and, and just tell their stories, because a, a lot of people imagine eighty is, you know, you're in the trash heap. And I said, mm-hmm. just pick out thirty, eighty year olds who, yeah, they're they're healthier than other people are when they're fifty. I said, and he said, oh my God, that's so easy. He says, I know them. He says, I know all the, and I said, yeah. I said. And you've got slave labor working for you. You got all these graduate students. Just have the graduate students screen them out and get them prepped up, and you know, and uh, you know, yeah. You they can even some are really good. So he said, "Oh, thank you." And he you know, he took his iPhone out and he wrote for about you know three minutes in his iPhone. And he says, "Oh, God, that was worth it." He says, "This has been bugging me for six months." And, and I said. He says, you, You've obviously written books. I said, I've written books.
1: <laughs> you've
2: obviously written
0: books.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he said, that is I the
0: have, best. I love that. I have written books. <laughs> oh, that's good. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's funny. That is great.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like sitting. Oh, that's, oh, man. I love that. So,
2: uh, I'm oh, curious. I've got another- uh, I got another one. It was the pilot on the little jet. And uh-huh. I said, have you actually done the parachute thing with the plane? He said, oh yeah, we have to, you know, it's part of our training, we have to go. Oh wow. And, and I says, what's it feel like when, you know, when you actually land, you know, he says, you know, it's happened. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. I've heard <laughs> that too, that it's like, bam, like
0: it's pretty, it's better yeah, than a said, crash, but he said, you know,
2: I have to tell you, he says, you've had bigger, harder bumps just uh, flying commercial airlines.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
2: They come in and they hit the runway really hard. He says, it won't be as hard as the worst one that you've had. Oh,
0: okay. Well, well there you go.
2: Yeah. And but it just takes your life.
0: That new autopilot thing, though, is that's the biggest. Uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, you know, wow. Life just keeps getting better, Dan.
2: If you wanted to. <laughs>
0: well, there's the thing. What so, so what, what would be interested to see what you're most what you were most excited about that will be accessible to everybody in the next five years.
2: Yeah. Well, actually there's two of them. One of them is called Inside Tracker and they're not medicines, they're they're apps. And one of them's called Inside Tracker. And, uh-huh. and the other one is called—I have to get the name—but okay. Inside Tracker, what they do, they get all your medical reports ever, anything you have available, and they consolidate them. And then they do blood tests, and they get—they get your DNA, so you'll get—you know—and then you should, you know, get a gene scan, you know, which are down to about three hundred dollars now. And, which scan? Um, well, it's your genetic map, which you can now oh, do a gene track, scan. gene scan, gene yeah. scan, yeah, yeah. And I've had it done about two or three times, and they're consistent. You know, they don't. Your genes don't really change. And mm-hmm. uh, and what they do is they've got an algorithm, and they're pulling in two things. They're pulling in the information for about three million people around the planet. Okay, and so they're creating, you know, kind of sort of constant measures, and then they've got all of your information, and they've got your unique information, and they put it all into a platform that you have on your app, and it gives gives you a score where you are right now, and then some changes you might like to make with diet, sleep, exercise. Nothing, you know, might be supplements. You might need supplements and everything else. And then as you take them, it adjusts your score every day. You know, I mean, you plug in what you've done, and it's, uh, it gives you a score every day. And I think, you know, my whole thing that Pearson's Law, which comes from Carl Pearson, K K A R L, British statistician, early 1900s, that that which is measured improves, and that which is yeah. measured, supported improves exponentially. So I think the first step is I mean I'm pretty good at scorekeeping I've got my own things but I'd like to get one that pulls everything together and every time you do a new test it feeds into the app you know so and mm-hmm. every time you test for this it goes into the app every time you change your diet or anything else it feeds in and then every 6 months you get you you get a blood test they come to you they come to your house take the blood test and feed it in And I'm just going to push this for all the people in the program. You know, this would be great. And I think I'll get the owner of it into the program. The owner of the program will be in, you know, into coach. And then the other thing, there, there's one, another one, which goes right into your office. It's a service that goes right into your office. And everybody can test, and it tells you what your actual physical age is, you know, your you have your chronological age, but this tests your physic you may be I'm seventy seven but my physical age is sixty four because I you know I do a lot of great work on my body. And so you have those two. You have the inside tracker and then you have I'll have to get the name of that other other thing. I don't have it at the top of my mind right now. And that just goes mm-hmm. in. So when we get people to do their lifetime extender, they can also just, you know, take five minutes and get what their actual physical age is.
0: Wow. And you can figure out, so it's a calculate your your actual age.
2: No, it tells you. It'll hmm. tell you. Well, you know, it'll test It'll test you. And it uh, uh-huh. says you're 77. And then I, I'm not sure how they do it, but that would be a no-brainer. That would be a no-brainer.
0: What yeah. are they probing or touching or... What data are they basing that on?
2: I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson, but my security clearance does not go that high.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: All right. I I have (laughs) no idea. No, I I mean,
0: is it, are are you, are you entering anything? Are you sticking your finger in something? Are you having blood drawn? Are you?
2: I suspect you're stepping, you're stepping on something. uh, Yeah, I suspect it works like. It works. I like gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of get your, you know, you can get your, there's all sorts of information you can get on your scale right now. Yeah. Know, right. All sorts of stuff. And I think it's a further extension than that. Than that than, well, that, I remember that. at the very but first. I, uh, the but I think the that first... until you get, get a way of measuring, you don't know what areas to improve in right off the bat.
0: Right. Which ones are improvable. Right. Yeah. You wonder, yeah. like, I always see that. I've often felt that, like, I often notice when you get blood work done or you go through a panel and it, you know, prints out all the ranges and your doctor goes through it and is like, oh, your kidney levels are here. That's good. Blah, blah, blah. Like, looking, they're scanning through, but none of those mm-hmm. numbers make any sense. Even yeah. show you, like, what the, I would love to almost have a life score where you could see how uh, I, th- I
2: think you just hit the name of that second test. I think it's something like life score.
0: You know, okay. Well, that's, that'd be great. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But, the, but the big thing is, and uh, Mike Koenigson and I had a podcast and I said, you know, what I've discovered uh, about myself and I suspect it's true for you, Mike. And I, I know it's true for Dean Jackson. I said, When when I'm talking to someone, I actually don't want to know what they know. Right. I want to know why I should know them.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yes. So good.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and so, you know, I've had lots and lots of tests where they give me back a nine-page blood report, you know, everything on nine pages. And you know they start going line by line and page. I said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" you ain't going to go through all nine pages with me, are you? And he said, "Right, yeah, that's yeah. what I meant I about or... it." I want to explain. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> what I want, you to, uh, I said, no, no, no. Who? Glad I caught you early on this. Yeah. Said, Look, here's what I want. You're the expert on this. Are you not the expert on this?
1: And He said, "Yeah." yeah. I said,
2: "Okay." Tell me five things that are really great. Yeah. Just tell me right off the bat, five things that you say, you know, Dan, you're really doing great with that, because that makes me feel really good, and that that motivates me to keep listening to you.
0: You've got the kidney levels of a preteen Swedish boy. That's yeah. what
2: you want to hear. And I said, now, tell me five things that deserve improvement. Yes. Needs need improvement. Five. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm okay with that because I already knew I'm I'm winning on five counts, and now if I turn my attention to five other things, and tell me the specific things I need to do over the next ninety days, okay, and what kind of improvement I'm looking for? You. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's an experience transformer, you know, just a little experience yeah. transformer. And they said, yeah, but you, you, uh, I have to tell you, I have to tell you. You give me those five things, I'm the best. I'm the best patient you've ever had in your life. Right. I said, but I have to tell you, if you get onto page two, you'll never see me again.
0: Right. Exactly. And leave me. Hey, well, you know, you're you're at fourteen uh, microns there. And the range says it should be you know, fifteen to twenty. Yeah. <laughs> and you're at fourteen. I'm I'm going to let it slide right now, but we can keep an eye on that one.
2: Right. I do want, do not want to know what you know.
0: Right. That's brilliant. I mean, yeah, yeah but, that, but that's it. it. Uh,
2: yeah, but how many people sell what they do? I'm not just talking about doctors or medical people, insurance yeah. agents and everything. They want to tell the person everything that they know about being an insurance agent, and it's the last thing in the world that... Uh, Homeowner or the potential homeowner wants to know. They just want to know why they should know them. You know, yes, what can you I do get, for I me? What can you do for me? Really fast, easy, not too expensive. That saves me an enormous amount of time. That's what I'd really like to know. Simplify. Yes. Shortcut.
0: Yes. I love it.
2: So Again, I, I was the feature. I was the featured speaker at this. One-hour event, Dean. But what did you get out of
0: that? Just from? I mean, that's. uh, I I always love hearing the. I love hearing. You know all the your experiences. I love hearing that. I think you know I had as much fun talking about the travel tax and the you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) thinking about that and weighing out the the benefits of. You know, if you take the bright side of that, is the opportunity. Uh, that you got to meet and spend an hour with the guy that owns the jet company, and you got yeah. to go to Dean Kamen's house, and you got to uh, bond with the guy that does this tracker uh, test, and yeah. Yeah. You know, all these things that would not happen by Zoom. You're getting, you know, it, it's the qualitative things. There's a definitely a qualitative difference in yeah. the uh
2: life and I I have to tell you I saw Peter at his absolute best over a five yeah. year period. And yeah. you know, I mean Peter's got a you know, he's got a, a great mind for putting a lot of disparate facts together, but the sheer passion that came out in this yeah. one area of regenerative yeah. medicine is his yeah his sweet spot and, you yeah, know, walking right. on the moon and, you know, all that other stuff. You right. Know, uh, he knows about it. And he knows the people who are yeah. passionate about it and doing it. But this is yeah. the area I could just see. I said, yeah, he knows the other stuff, but he loves this stuff.
0: Yeah. That's so great. Now, was he even yeah. thinking this way before you introduced the Lifetime Extender? Kind of thing to him.
2: Oh yeah, no, I mean the, uh, yeah, that he was, was uh, All right. the immediate connectors. He he yeah. hey, he yeah. had never met anyone until he met me, who actually had a goal that was you know as far beyond normal as you know mine is. So that immortality, uh, was, right? <laughs> he had never actually been able to talk about this with anyone until he met me, and I've been doing it. Right. For, I've had this lawn thing a lot longer than he has where I have a specific number it's 34 yeah. years now that I've been doing it and the but you can really really tell what really turns people on you know and 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 he was just in his glory but where it came from we did our first in 2013 we did our first A360 3 days yeah and longevity was an hour of one of the three days. Now it's mm-hmm. taken up one full day, and it's starting to um, yeah. It's starting to take up time in the other ones. And I said, all you have to do is look at how much time each one of the topics. I said, 3D printing. I, I said, I don't even need the hour on 3D printing that we had in the first hour. I said, I got 3D printing. I'm sure it's going to be available. I have no interest in whatsoever. Uh, know, you know, meeting my lifetime extender goal, I got all the time in the world for that.
0: Right, exactly.
2: And 8 billion other human beings do, too. You know, it's the one. Yeah, right. It's the one breakthrough that everybody's interested in or will
0: be. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. All righty.
0: I love it. All right, Dan. Well, same same time Actually, next week. Uh, we're
2: going to have another two week break because this is our final cottage weekend. Oh,
0: you're going weekend. up to the cottage. Okay, so it'll be yeah. Yeah, you're away for the next two weeks, or you'll be back.
2: No, I'll be back two in two weeks. Now, two weeks. Two weeks yeah. from
0: today. Okay, perfect.
2: Yeah. Okay. Very good. Thanks, Dean.
0: Okay. Bye, Dan.